Form Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Everything F1 Podcast, where we review the Bahrain Brawl. Stay tuned. And welcome to the Everything F1 podcast with me, James Tiller. We've got along with me today, Danny, Coops and Adam, all ready to talk about the fantastic race that we had in Bahrain over the weekend. First of all, we would like you to join all of our social medias on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube at JoinEF1 on all of those platforms. And don't forget our website, www.everythingf1.com. We would also love that you subscribe to this podcast. And we're going to be releasing this every single week this year and reviewing all the races and previewing what's to come for the whole season. So first of all, hello, everyone. How are we all? Have we had a good week? And did we enjoy the race? Danny, how are you? Yeah, all good. Yeah, uh, yeah, gr- great race. Um one to, yeah, good that it was the first one because we've all been looking forward to it for so long and we had an actual exciting race. Yeah, loved it. Absolutely. Brilliant. And Coops, you had a good week? Exciting race? Oh, yeah. No, I was just plodding on, working, and yeah, the race was fun. One for the purists, I think. Absolutely. Adam? Yeah, very exciting race. Um, good way to start the season, even though I uh, wasn't happy with the result, but... Uh... That's a discussion for another day. <laughs> Absolutely. You certainly predicted a max win, didn't you? I, 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 predicted, um, I predicted a lot that came correct. So. Oh, okay. Okay. You, you, hit, you hit the nail on the head a few times. Well, we'll, we'll delve into that as we do discuss the race. Um, so let's, let's start with, obviously, the, the result, because that's what everyone is aware of by now, hopefully. Um, we did have a great race. It was very close all the way through. Uh, Max Verstappen was leading a lot of it, um, but then Lewis Hamilton came good at the end uh, with a better pit strategy, probably um, slightly weaker car and some great defending uh, and some maybe kind of rule breaking overtaking, which caused the, uh, the, the, the the bit of kerfuffle at the end of the race, too. Um, should we should we talk about that first? So track limits is going to be a massive point uh, that people are going to be wanting to hear about. Um, Coops, can you explain to us what the issue was um, and why, well, whether the rules did change during the race or whether they stayed the same, sorry, and um, it's just a bit of complaining from the team? Well, there's a bit of confusion because by by the looks of it, it they did change, but then Michael Massey's came out and said they didn't. So basically what was happening was yeah. during FP1 and FP2, there was like 17 deletions of track times or times because of the mm-hmm. the way that they, they went around the corner at turn four, which is the only corner that really was the issue. So then they changed it and basically said, we're not going to police it, but if you gain a lasting advantage... Mm-hmm. Or the way the notes were written was, we're not going to police it, but please refer to this section of the sporting regulations. And the sporting regulations basically stated that if you gain yeah. a lasting advantage, you'll be penalised. Yeah. So I suppose the, the grey area is, is is the lasting advantage, isn't it? So what, what uh, Mercedes was saying, because they weren't going to be policing that, that they were entitled to do, use that if it was only for a speed advantage. But if it came to overtaking and going off the track to overtake a car, um, by going off the track in turn four, then that would be gaining an advantage, and therefore they'd have to give the place back. Is that is that correct? Am I uh, wording yes, it correctly? That's then? basically how it would be. Everyone has focused on Hamilton. I've seen videos in the group chat and or the the group, the Facebook group, and other people posting things counting how many times Hamilton done it. But what they're forgetting is every driver was allowed to do it. It changed because yeah. A th- from what I've heard, now I haven't had this confirmed, apparently Christian Horner went to the FIA and went, can we do this then? And at that point, we got a bit iffy. Yeah, well, there's, yeah. there's that message halfway through, wasn't there? there was the, uh, Max, you can use the, the the runoff at turn four because Lewis Hamilton's doing it. So do it because until we get told otherwise. Um, Charles Leclerc came out and said that they were told 
that they weren't going to be penalised for it. So the drivers knew what they were doing. Well, he said he said when uh, Lewis Hamilton said when he was um, told uh, you can't can't do it as much by the Merck team. Um, he was like, well, I've been doing it for like the last twenty nine yeah. laps. So, it, so yeah, it's it's for something so simple. Like the track is the bloody track. Why is this a difficult thing? Like, like I'm nearly forty, yeah, and. I watched yeah. Formula One in the early 90s. That was what I watched. Now, track limits were hitting a wall or hitting grass or on the gravel. Yeah. So there was no such thing as track limits or deleting times because if you didn't stay on the grey stuff, that was you. So why is it that this white line that sits, there's the, there's the bit that the cars are supposed to be on in the track, there's a white line, then there's the curb. See that white line? That's the track. You go over that mm. white line, you get penalised. None of this, we'll just not police this corner. Because as much as we don't like Tilka, I don't think he designed the track for you to ignore it. So, I think I think the main uproar really is is the fact that, the obviously, the changing of the rules um, from day to day. Why, why do they need to do that? that um, I've just watched the highlights on Channel 4, um, so it's fresh in my mind, actually. DC said, you know, why is it changing? And he makes a very good point. You know, it surely it, to stop the confusion, you put the set the rules on Friday uh, for Friday free practice, and that remains the rule for the rest of the weekend. Why can't they do that? Why is it? Why is it so? Why do they want to make it so confusing for everyone? That, that, that's the problem. It's an easy thing. It shouldn't be confusing. Joe's just put into the chat there that Hamilton never got penalised because he was following the, the the race director's notes. Verstappen breached the sporting regulations, which I don't think MD's really arguing. Like he did pass him all four wheels off the track. That's fine. He gave mm -hmm. the, he gave it straight back. By that point, his tires were done, and it was just yeah. trying to hope that Hamilton was going to make a mistake, which he very rarely does. So, but there should never be any kind of confusion with track limits. There should no. It's. You know, we go back to Verstappen in Texas a few years back when he got on the podium. He passed the white line and it was clear. There you are. And there it is. There's a wee bit. You can see the curb between the white line and your car. You you thingied it. I mean, they were going stupidly off the track all the time. No. No. Good. The good thing is the next track we're going to is Imola. <laughs> so we're going back to old school. Track limits are you're crashing. Yeah. Um is it, am I right in saying Emila was when George Russell crashed behind the the safety car? Was that Emila? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. <clears throat> yes, it was, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. We can speak to George Russell about track limits then. Uh, <laughs> so, no, I'd, it, in an otherwise fantastic race, it ruined it a wee bit because we're talking about that rather than the race. It, it's not a big yeah. deal in terms of the race. It didn't take too much away from it, but it took enough. It's taken enough time. We should be sitting here spending all this time going, Mike, did you see that? And, but, and, but we're going track limits. It's just a stupid thing. It should never be in the conversation. No, absolutely not. They, they shouldn't have changed the rules. There shouldn't have been so much talk about it. It should just be about how brilliant yeah. you know the, the race was. And it was great to see wheel-to-wheel -wheel action pretty much throughout the whole race. Have you got anything, anything to add to that, Adam, um, before we, we, we move on to the next subject, uh, about track limits at all? Um, yeah, it's just sort of like, you know, what other sport would you have this ambiguity of, you know, where is the end of the track or the court or anything? Like, you think about tennis, the ball is out. If yeah. you go past the line, the ball's out. It doesn't matter about what part uh -huh. of the, the court it goes out on. It goes past the line, it's out. Mm -hmm. So how can that be the same in F1, especially with all the technology they have? They should be able to measure it within millimetres, whether they're out or not. Because yeah. I remember, I can't remember what it was last year, there was one where they, they took forever to look at it because they couldn't figure out if all four wheels had been off track because, yeah. you know, the, the uh -huh. camera angles and stuff like that, they couldn't figure it out. It's like, how can you not? You have a million cameras <laughs> around the whole track. You've got sensors on the car. You know, how can you not figure out if the car went off track or not? So I, mm -hmm. I think it's something they need to really look at, but wherever the will, is it ever a uh, matter? Yeah, it's important to, to uh, make note that Verstappen was actually breaching the sporting regulations 
whereas Lewis was uh, Lewis Hamilton was kind of in the race notes um, and, and kind of abiding by the race notes uh, as it were. Yeah, um, again, there, so, there was there was precedent for what happened to Verstappen. Had um, I think it was two years ago in the USA uh, where uh, I think it was actually yes. Verstappen passed Kimi off the track and he was given he was told to give up place so not like for seven didn't know about it beforehand mm. yeah so he did have to give up that that um that position obviously he has to have to just done what was uh, an, an illegal overtake um but he, he was gaining on him for lap after lap he was hunting him down it was great to watch uh, seeing those times fall each time, and we were we were like, yes, he's gonna. Well, he's gonna do it. He's gonna he's gonna take over uh, Lewis Hamilton, and he's gonna he's gonna be the winner. Um, it's gonna be a great overtake. Uh, just a, a shame, maybe maybe a bit of. I, mean, I hate to say this with with Max because it's something that we say all the time, but maybe a bit of immaturity. Uh, maybe if he'd waited another another couple of corners, maybe he would have taken it a much more um, cleanly. Uh, and then just being ahead. Do you, do, what do you think, Danny? Do you think uh, it was maybe just lacking a bit of patience? Well, I mean, um, well, we all heard, um, you know, Horner came over the comms saying, uh, you need to give it back. Um, and, and I think he just thought, right, no problem. Caught him a minute ago. Going to do it again. Not an issue. But I think instantly, I mean, it, it, I think Lewis had DRS at the time as well, I believe. Um, so it was a bad time to let him yeah. pass anyway. He should have held off thinking about it he should have held off he should have give it a bit more time you know you don't have to give it back instantly but i think what he must have thought was that's fine lewis is on bad tires he's performing just as well as we are i'll be able to catch him but after that he just he just lost it he just got sloppy really but i mean you know he'd done all that work and it just yeah. afterwards he just didn't get it back but yeah i think it was just a matter but i mean what i will say is they all dealt with it pretty well uh, considering how Red Bull normally are, you know, Horner running to the FIA and all this sort of thing. You know, Max, there was no screaming and shouting over the comms about any situation, even after, you know, mm. it was just calm. It was just, right, that's the rules, no problem. That's how it fell, you know. it's uh, So I think, yeah, I, th I think the same would have happened to a lot of drivers. I don't think it's his inexperience or immaturity as such I think it was just a matter of pressure really I think that came across the comms he said he instantly thought right let's get that done let him pass let's focus on getting it back uh, when in reality yeah. yeah I suppose more experience might have it, it's it's hard isn't it because we're sat at home watching the tv able to uh, judge everything you know as uh, yeah it, it's much easier to look to look at it afterwards oh we're all, we're all brilliant um, f1 right. drives at home aren't we <laughs> it's uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i am absolutely i'm great at it yeah. yeah i know exactly what i'm doing uh, i'm only good at it if i've got the corner assist on traction <laughs> <laughs> <Action> control <laughs> abs brakes and a PlayStation <laughs> Ford controller yeah it's very easy for us armchair experts to look at it and uh and point out what you could have done and what you should have done but in the moment it's very it's got you're always going to make the, the slight errors and misjudgments. I think they, and they, what, one of the the good things to remember is because I mean, especially for Max as well, the reason he went off was avoiding a collision. Now that's quite I find that quite important for Max because he's quite an aggressive driver and always has been. So that showed that actually, I mean, last year all we discussed constantly was how he thought it was his track, no matter what. Every time he got out, he went, everybody get out the fucking way. <laughs> Why is he in my way? Even at quali you know, qualifying practice, everything. He's in my way. Get out the way. Yeah. Whereas actually he was avoiding an issue. And, avo and, and you know, that would have really, he was in front. So that would have probably took Lewis's wing off. Or a front wing mm. or, or an issue at least. Um, you know, so he actually avoided an issue there uh, going off, but caused himself one. So, uh, which he probably knew yeah. at the time, which was why he understood exactly, give it back straight away. You know, he, he probably already got that in his head as it was happening. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, well, what about what about Lewis Hamilton then and the, and the Mercedes team? Um, that obviously, they, they've, they've got the, they're playing the victory. Um, they've got the weaker car, um, but they, they did, they still managed to do it and they did everything that they needed to do on the day. Was it down to better tyre strategy? 
uh, or was it down to driver skill? What What do you think, Adam? You're nodding your head. Yeah, I think the race for Red Bull was lost when they allowed Mercedes to drive a strategy. Once, yeah. Once, um, you know, Mercedes got that first pit stop in, that was it. It was over. Because at that moment, they're, they're going to be always chasing. And you never yeah. want to be a chaser, especially in F1, because if the cars the way they are, you just can't make up the time, especially if between them. I guess the theory was the, the theory was that they they push the 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 stints a bit long, make the stints longer, so you'd have fresher tires at the end to attack uh, if he requ- if he was required to. Um, obviously, yeah, he was able to do that, but, but I think the I think the problem was Red Bull was always going to have to react to what Mercedes was doing after that. There was no way to be you know, proactive because you always didn't see, are they two yeah. stopping? Are they three stopping? Are they going longer with Lewis? Is there, are they going longer with Valtteri? You know, they were looking uh-huh. over there, you know, looking ahead rather than looking at themselves. And that was where they fell. Are they out of practice uh, at being at the front? Could Maybe be. they haven't got their the strategies in order just yet. Well, because they haven't been at the front for... For a couple of years, or yeah. very many times in the last few years. Well, as I mentioned in the previous podcast, Mercedes is such a machine at winning. You know, they've found the formula to win races. Even if they're not the fastest, they will, you know, work their way to getting a win. And as you say, maybe it's just later. Red Bull aren't um, used to that. But as well, the, the problem that Red Bull has had for the last few years is they've only got Max. At the front, yeah, you know, with um, Perez back in at the back of the grid after the first lap, you know, there's no one to help mm-hmm. Max, so Mercedes could drive the strategy against Red Bull. You got anything to add about that, Coops, at all about Hamilton's race and the Mercedes? Are they just too strong in the strategy at the moment, or will Red Bull um, sort of blow those cobwebs out and start performing? Uh, in all aspects of it for throughout the rest of the season. No, it wasn't. I don't think Mercedes had it in the bag because of the early pit stops at all. I think it was driver. The reason you pay 40 million quid a year is for Lewis Hamilton to do that. There is no rhyme or reason and no justifiable reason that that car should have won that race. But the only reason it did win the race was because Lewis Hamilton was driving it. It settles the argument. Okay. That race settles the argument. It's only about the car. Because that car was four tenths slower to Red Bull. It's apparently not uh, deploying its energy as quick. So there are, there are a few actual technical issues behind the car. Uh, and the low rate cars are even more affected by the new regulations, according to the what they're all saying. Uh, mm. and his tyres were what 11 laps younger older sorry than uh, Verstappen uh, the other one the other reason which helped is that in the first stint Verstappen had some sort of deployment issue with his throttle yeah. which he said that that was on the warm up lap was it, was it or the first lap round after, after the safety even, I think even afterwards when they asked him like, was it sorted? They went, we never sorted it. So we'll need to go back and see right. what, exactly what it was, uh, which meant that Hamilton could stay within two seconds of him for the first stint. Anything, yeah. anything larger than that, Verstappen um, was winning that race. But no, I don't think I don't think Mercedes had that nailed on because of the first strat- the, the strategy call and the early pit stop. I think it was purely on Hamilton. Bottas was in front of Verstappen that's it then. Verstappen's winning that race. Okay. So, what what kind of a power advantage do you think the Mercedes has got over the Red? Uh, the, sorry, the Red Bull's got over the Mercedes. Are we talking? Are we talking a massive amount? Obviously, you're saying four tenths. Uh, is that is that a race specific uh, difference? Well, well or is there it... will be other tracks that Mercedes will be better, and that's how Formula One works. The cars mm. are very sensitive to conditions, as we all know. But in general terms. I mean, every time you went last season, it was Mercedes one, Mercedes two, Verstappen on his own race, and then whoever else decided to slot in after it. This time we won't know. Like, we go to Emelon in three weeks' time. We won't know for sure that Hamilton's going to win that race or Valtteri's going to... Well, no, he's a wine man, so it doesn't make any difference. Uh, or 
you know, Max is going to get pole or where it's going to go. This is, you know, this is good. You know, it's 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 going to be close. If we get majority of races where, and not all 23 yeah. races I'm, are going to be as good imagine. as this. Remember, we're apparently still going to France this year. We don't want to hear that. We do want to hear that they're all going to be brilliant. Every Welcome single back to Paul Ricard this year and Monaco. Oh, so there's two races that ain't going to be like that. Uh, and have you seen Jeddah's track? Come on. Right, anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let, let's talk about the Red Bull then. The Red Bull have got a dominant car, or at least a stronger car, um, uh, and their driver lineup seems to be doing well. Um, obviously, Perez had a bit of a nightmare in qualifying. Um, that wasn't his fault. Qualify. That was the team. He missed, out okay. on the, he missed out in the top 10 by 0. 0.095 of a second. Because they put him out on the yeah. medium tyres. They should have put him in the softs to get him in the top 10. So he was out of position anyway on the grid. And then on, around on the, the warm-up lap, he goes and st- stalls or something. No, his, a- along the he's, he's cut, his engine cut off. And the replays, the onboard view, the dashboard went off. Then he fumbled around like a 14-year-old caught on Pornhub and fixed it. And then... Managed to get get going again. So it was a good drive. Where did he get fifth or something? Yeah, from from twentieth he came back to fifth. Yeah. So he's got the skills and he, he can drive the car. Um, hopefully, if he's not out of position by such a, a large way in future races, he can become that wingman that the Max Verstappen probably requires to cover off uh, strategies from the Mercedes team. Is that is that what you think, uh, Danny? Yeah, yeah. I still say the constructors' title is going to Red Bull as long as they can okay. um, pull the socks up with that second drive, which we know they've always had issues with. But yeah. th- they've got a they've got a driver that can drive now, you know, w- consistently as well. You know, to go from uh, from the back of the grid to fifth is unbelievable. Really, he's a great driver, and I think you know, starting where he should be starting, he'd be up in that fight. That's uh, which would be, be interesting to see um, how him and Max get on driving first and second or second and third because I think there will be a battle between them. So see how that works. Do, out. do you think? Do you not think Sergio's had the secret word from uh, Dietrich Mateschitz or Marco? Doesn't. Marco helmet, Marco, whatever. I think they'd be. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think they'd be stupid too. I think. Uh, yeah, but they are stupid at times so it's uh, yeah i mean we might get halfway through the season and they're swapping for sonoda so let's see <laughs> that's true yeah that's true yeah we'll, we'll see so but... I, don't, I don't think sergio cares sergio has got a seat in formula one with the amount of sponsorship he brings in every year he's only there for a year he doesn't care he's getting a seat somewhere next year he's already said that he said that last year he was bringing he had the options for 2022 and it just kind of locked in. The album was so awful that he managed to get it, but I don't think he cares. Yeah, but let's hope he let's hope he does push Max at least uh, and push Red Bull to making this a really close constructors battle because um, that's what we want to see. We want to see a close constructors battle, and we want to see uh, a close title fight for the for the champion as well. Um, so you mentioned Tsunoda, Danny. Uh, he was probably the most impressive newbie on the track. Let's have a chat about the young Japanese driver. Um, wh- what do you think about him, uh, Adam? What do you think about Tsunoda? Yeah, I think he did brilliantly for um, his first race. And I think the hype that was uh, so built up when was true. Um, I was reading an article Brilliant. earlier who said, he, if he hadn't gone for that move on Stroll in the last lap, he said he wouldn't have slept mm. that night. You know, he he says he's very ambitious. He says, um, you know, his ambitions are very high, you know, on himself Mm -hmm. more than just the team. You know, he is there to compete. He doesn't want to be safe. He doesn't want to, you know, just, you know, make up the numbers. He's there to prove a point and to be a future star. So he certainly certainly showed a very good... Uh, skill behind the wheel this weekend. He's certainly uh, shown everybody that he's he means business for sure. Um, have you got an opinion on uh, Tsunoda, Danny? Did you see some of the great overtakes that he was managing? Yeah, um, yeah. Well, 
I started the race by saying that I thought he was going to come off at some point because I've, I've not seen a young driver that confident but be able to follow through with it. We've seen plenty yeah. of young drivers that have got plenty of confidence and end up in the barriers, you know, constantly because this, the, the push it's to such a level that they can't mm -hmm. quite, you know, they're, they're going too far for their own... Uh, what, what they can manage you know but uh but he didn't he drove brilliantly yeah um i mean he started uh, i don't know if you saw it he started before the lights went off he was in reverse um, <laughs> his car was actually in reverse until he got it sorted <laughs> you know so that goes to show he's, he's still getting used to the car you know just like george in the merc um last year you know had no idea what he was doing and all these buttons he wasn't 100 percent, you know with it but we know fine mm -hmm. well if he got into that car for a season, he'd fly, you know. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how he's doing, uh, you know, halfway through the season. I think he's only going to improve. He, he did brilliantly, yeah. Better than Gasly. Do you think he's uh, he's going to perform better than Gasly throughout the whole season? Uh, Coops, you're nodding your head? Yes. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> right, so next subject. <laughs> That's the least I've heard him say. <laughs> He's never answered oh, like that. That's the first time I've ever heard Coop say just a one-word answer. Yeah, I've never yeah. heard a one-word answer. <laughs> Succinct to the point. Perfect. Moving along. He was asked before qualifying what position will he get, like, is he aiming for in qualifying? And he went first. P1. That's the, the only way to go into a race weekend, I guess, isn't it? You know, I'm, I'm aiming, always aiming for first. And what, what people need to remember, do you know how many races this boy is done in his whole career before he hit Formula One. No, nope, go on. 200. That's it. He's only raced. He's only been racing for about four years. Okay. Uh, and the, the, the boy the boy just goes in and goes, nah, this is what I'm doing. He's 50% happy with his performance in Barry and he's the first guy since 2012, Japanese rookie to score points since 2012. He's the first rookie to score points in his debut since 2016. And he comes out and goes, I'm only 50% happy. <laughs> on your so I think he could win. He could be a championship winner. He's got great ambitions. He's certainly got the drive to do so. Uh, and he's in a decent car as well. You know, that's a, that's essentially last year's Red Bull, is it not? Uh, it's, a, it's a fast car. Um, Better than that. I don't think they didn't, they didn't follow through. They didn't take Red Bull's gearbox or rear end. I think they could have, but they didn't. Hmm. So although they're saying it's a Red Bull car, it's not. And then because they changed, I think they changed the front end of the car. Mm -hmm. And because of that, when they used the tokens to change the front end, they had to then adapt some of the Red Bull parts. So it's even further separate from yeah. the Red Bull car now. It's basically its own version. It's, it's Alpha Tauri's version of Red Bull, which is nowhere near what, red, what it is. Uh, but it's a fast car. Uh, but yeah, I think Sonoda's going to be amazing this year. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you there. Uh, he just looked really quick. He always looked on it. He always looked like he was looking for the overtake. He never just kind of sat back and, and kind of watched. He was always just fully prepared to, uh, to, to, to fight to get his uh, place on the track. The best thing um, for it was he just wasn't, you know, you see some rookies that you look at them and they're like, Formula One's just above their head. They're there, but for, it's just above them. Like they're just mm -hmm. hanging onto the car. He's got in the car, and he's just no. He's like, no, this is my car, and I know yeah. what I'm doing with this car, and this is where it's going. Uh, he didn't. He knows he's he's already. I think should be in Formula One, and it's only been one race. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah it's a bit like uh, Verstappen when Verstappen came in. Oh yeah, yeah. You always can see as soon as they come in, you know, if they're going to be a star or not, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of does have that kind of hype behind him, doesn't he? The Verstappen hype, as we call it. But the thing is, with, yeah. with Verstappen and with Sonoda, they're proving it. As, as Adam's saying, you know, you had your stuff with Van Dons of the world or Mazepins. You know? uh, and you're just like, okay, yeah, no bother. Uh, even Stroll to a point. Stroll's a good midfield driver. But that's about it. He's not going to be a front runner. I can see Sonoda getting into Red Bull and winning a championship. I can see Max Verstappen doing that. Mm -hmm. I couldn't see Stoffel Van Dorn doing that. I couldn't see 
I'm certainly not going to see uh, Mazepin do that. So, <laughs> yeah, so we're all excited to see what Tsunoda's uh, going to bring. Let's talk about your favourite driver then. You've mentioned him a couple of times there. And Mazaspin, uh, or as we're, we're aptly calling him, he span in free practice. He span in uh, qualifying. And then he just to round off the uh, the grand Bun slam of spins. Qualifying. Sorry? Bun twice in qualifying. Bun twice in qualifying. The second yeah. one was a break by wire issue, which locked the rear wheels, which was the one that caused Vettel and Ocon to not get out of the top. So he can be oh. excused for one of those then. No, can't be excused for any of them. <laughs> but he did spin in the That's race. Bigger than the iceberg that sank the Titanic. I mean, he shouldn't be driving a car. <laughs> well, he spun, he spun out on the literally on the first lap, right into the barrier. I don't think he made it past about four or five corners, did he? Um, yeah, third corner, corner three. But yes, so Mazza Spin, there's plenty of websites that you can go on. I've, I've linked you to, to, to two. Uh, countdowns from uh, Mazza Spin's last spin. Um, so clearly everyone has a very similar opinion of him. Um, we can't really judge him on his driving because he hasn't provided any. Can't so. drive, that's why. <laughs> well, I, I think I think we just need to wait until he puts a few laps on the board uh, before we can uh, before we can uh, say that. But the the other Haas had a very similar incident uh, of Mick Schumacher the lap afterwards, or the, the, it was the, the I think it was the restart after the, the restart. Car. Yeah, the Haas car is a horrible car to drive. I mean, there's no and there's no doubt in that. I mean, it's like the Williams of a couple of years ago. Is this a consequence of having uh, two rookies in the car, perhaps? No one to guide the development of the car. Yeah, maybe. So are you excusing Mazaspin then? Are you saying that uh, he, he he's he's got an excuse? He doesn't have to. Uh, he, he he's not to blame for the spins that he's. How performing. many how many spins did Schumacher have? One. Yeah, he had the one. Yeah. How many did Mazaspin yeah. have? Fourteen, fifteen. <laughs> Quite a few over the uh, over the week. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not, Schumacher, I'm not excusing Mazaspin. I'm just saying. No. I'm just wondering if the you know the instability in the car is that down to the drivers being inexperienced rather than you know being that bad or the car being bad i'm saying is it because of the drivers rather than the car yeah i don't think there's been enough uh, time in the car for them to even try and develop the car uh, at the moment so it, it i as much as i i agree what you're saying because they're rookies they might not be able to develop a car um, they haven't had that opportunity to even give much feedback on it, really, as yet. Um, maybe that's a question for later down in the uh, in the season. But we know the Haas aren't going to be developing the car this this year anyway. They they pretty much said, you know what, we'll we'll call this year a bit of a, a no show. Uh, get our get our rookies some practice behind the wheel. Danny, have you got anything to add about Mazepin or Mick Schumacher, even for that matter, with the the Haas? No, well, I think Mick. Does all right, yeah. Um, it's it's an entry to F one for him, isn't it? It's a, uh, uh, but the car's terrible. The, no, nobody's going to be able to do anything with it anyway. And even if they wanted to, they they have no money to put towards it, um, and they have mm -hmm. no interest to put towards it anyway, really. Um, so you know what? What can anybody do? I think if there was a team to have two rookies in, it's it's Hass because nobody's going to do anything with the cars anyway. May as well crash it on the first lap and get it out of the way so the rest can get on with it. Let's move on to a team that we all enjoy then watching, um, the, the Mighty Papaya. They had a... Ooh, we, went into the, we went into the weekend with high expectations. We saw them in qualifying and they kind of lowered our expectations. And then in the race, they were fairly decent. Um, so uh, what would you like to say about uh, the Papaya team of McLaren, uh, Adam? Yeah, <laughs> I have to say I was one of the ones that I was after qualifying. I was going, sorry, what happened? Um, okay. Especially after being doing so well in testing and in practice. But um, seeing the whole story of the weekend, especially the race, I can see what they were trying to do. Um, perhaps they were you set up the car more for the race and looking after the rear tires um because i could see in the in the live time and during the race the real to keep the tires 
you know, um, together a lot better than the teams behind them. So yeah. they, they definitely seem to have a plan going into mm-hmm. the race. Yeah, absolutely. And they, sorry, where did we, where, were, where did they finish in the end? Uh, Norris was fourth, fourth and seventh, and yeah, yeah Daniel Ricciardo was seventh. So they, they had a great, great show, really. Um, they certainly, there were some good battles for Norris um, that, that we saw. Uh, did anything strike you about the McLaren team, uh, Danny, from the weekend? Just, uh, just how well they're doing, really. It was pretty solid, wasn't it? It's, uh, yeah, I mean, everybody's expecting them to get third again in the constructors and I think it was a pretty comfortable first race for Norris shame for Ricardo uh-huh. uh, with the floor damage um, but yes. um, shit happens there you go there's another swear word for you <laughs> but uh, yeah it's Beep. it's how it is sometimes isn't it but you know again first race of the season it, it, it's difficult to judge how things are going to go really isn't it but but Norris pretty solid Ricardo we've seen has settled in pretty well um, it, yeah. it was just a matter of that floor damage. If he didn't have that, you know, I mean, he came seventh with issues, mm-hmm. you know, so it just goes to show how good the car is, really. The race pace of the car is decent. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, Maybe there's something fundamentally wrong for the, the qualifying pace. What do you think about that, uh, Coops? No, I don't think it's a fundamental issue. I think they're just getting used to the car with the, the Mercedes power unit. Uh, I don't think there was really too much wrong with the whole weekend. Okay, they were slightly, and I mean slightly as in maybe a position or two out of place, out of position and qualifying, but you know, Ricardo got some damage because Gasly forgot he was there. Uh, (laughs) Which was good for Gasly. Uh, And Norris just he's fast becoming dependable which is a wee bit worrying because He's not still not in the same sentence as yeah superstar Max Verstappen George Russell sort of conversations, but he's very dependable. Uh, Is that just a matter of time? Do you think when when the when the McLaren's got that championship winning car maybe next year, uh, and we're going to see kind of hopefully four or five six way battles for the top step? Uh, is is it a matter of time before we see Norris as the the next one to win? What do you think about that, Adam? It's, it's hard to tell because you know, you know, last two years he was up against Saints, and you know, I'm not sure what level Saints is on because he got beaten by Verstappen, but he beat Hulkenberg, so he's somewhere about there. Um, this race, you know, had Ricardo had damaged his car, so it wasn't equal performance. So I think we'll yeah. have to see through the year and see how the two drivers, you know, go up against each other. And again, McLaren needs to have the car to be up there fighting for uh-huh. races. And given what position we're in the race, you know, being a second a lot slower than the two front cars, there's still a long way to go. To go. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll tell you who the surprise of the, uh, the weekend was or what team was the surprise of the weekend was Ferrari. The surprise, absolute standout performance from Leclerc and yeah, out of nowhere. Yeah, I don't know, and, and Carlos Sainz absolutely out of nowhere. We've we've got a competitive midfield team uh, in Ferrari, which is you know completely it's completely contrasting of last year's dog of a car. Um, so I, I was really surprised to see them performing where they were. Did they take you surprise by? Uh, did they take you by surprise, Coops? No. Okay, next subject. Uh, let's talk about. <laughs> so, were you surprised with the Ferraris this weekend, Adam? Yeah, I I knew Ferrari were going to be there or thereabouts, but to be you know to have you know the clerk qualifying ahead of um, uh, McLaren and the AlphaTauri, I think, was the most surprising mm-hmm. thing. Um, and I think Sainz, I think Sainz messed up his final lap in Q2, so we don't really know where he would have been. Um, but I think, like last year, they were very strong in the race, or in qualifying last year, especially the clerk, and then fall back in the race. And I think that's sort of um, a similar trend this year, uh, but just slightly faster. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Danny, what do you think about the Ferraris? Were you surprised about their performance? Uh, well, I think we, well, they couldn't get worse, could they, for Ferrari, really? They haven't been doing very well. So it, it's good to see. Yeah, it was all right. Um, yeah, but I know Bonotto said he's finally got two good drivers or something along them lines, which was a bit... Uh, yeah, he can finally re finally rely on his, his both his yeah, drivers. Yeah, yeah, which was... Uh, a very barbed comment towards Sebastian Vettel. That's what Vettel happens when you sack your driver before the start of the season. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> treat him like shit and then expect him to still uh, drive well. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, but you know, I think he wears his his own rose-tinted glasses, doesn't he? And uh, and sees things through a completely different perspective as everybody else. But yeah, it, it was good to see. Um, they got on quite well, and Leclerc, yeah. Flu really, considering what how they have been and how they were last year, it's uh, yeah yeah it'd be good to see how they do and good to see if they can they can keep it up. That's the, the that's the important bit whether they can keep that momentum. It's important going. that we have a competitive Ferrari car, isn't it? It's important for the sport. You know, they're they're the biggest team in the, the world, the, uh, Formula One team. The, the, the thing sport. is, it depends what your class is competitive because this still isn't competitive for Ferrari. You know, no, Ferrari it's not where they is a top to three team. It, it's not anymore, though, is yeah. it? You know, and it, it's a bit sad that we're calling it competitive, you know, because it was midfield, you know, and it, and it wasn't at the back or crashing into each other or, you know, DNFs. Yeah. You know, that, that's the, you know, yeah, we, we expect nothing. So when we get a little bit like this, it's great. Yeah, yeah. When we get nothing, we go, okay, yeah, I was expecting nothing anyway, so it's all right. <laughs> You know, yeah. Ferrari. I mean, they've been in it for 70 years. It's not the first time they've come out with a dog of a car. Yeah. And sometimes they've done it the year after they won the championship. I think that's 1980, 81, maybe, around about that kind of time. They came out with a car mm -hmm. and it was an absolute howler. A bit like, was it McLaren? Uh, in 2000, and, I want to say 2009, 2008, when the championship went right to the wire, they couldn't develop the next car. And the next car was absolutely dog awful. That was the start of the Red yeah. Bull kind of era. Uh, but no, Ferrari done well. Leclerc just, he's slowly but surely just building that reputation for someone who you can never overdrive a car, but you can drive it to its absolute limit. He's becoming very much like Alonso. Yeah. But Alonso can put a car like okay. uh, drive like the McLaren ever cut a few years ago. He was putting it in places it should never have been put in, and giving his all false hope, the arse that he, had. <laughs> uh, and then you know getting the Alpine to ninth. And if it wasn't for a sandwich wrapper that ended up in his brake ducts, he could have got a decent result on Sunday. Was that what yeah, it was? Yeah. Alpine came out today and said it was a sandwich wrapper they found in his rear brake that put uh. his rear brake. Well, I'll tell you what, do, do you think um, the issue with, or part of the issue with Ferrari is they don't have a driver that's actually able to, like we said with, um, you know, Adam said with Haas, but not quite to that point, you know, there's the young drivers who can't quite tell them what's wrong with the car, be able to tell them how to develop the car to make it that much better so that they can get to the top of the game. I think Sainz is quite experienced now, really. Uh, he's been with a quite... Yeah, well, a few teams. They've got him this year. Obviously, Vettel didn't really give a shit last year because why should he? Um, and then, you know, Leclerc, he's only young. You know, you don't hear much from him, really. But maybe they just haven't had a driver in there to be able to, you know, this is not driving how it should be. This is why. Mm. I think the biggest problem with Ferrari is they're too scared. I mean, like, no other team in the world gets front-page news. It's part of Italy. It's part of their culture and their way of life. You know, other teams can be innovative and try something. If it, if it goes wrong, oh, well, it went wrong, but we tried it. You can get a few fans a bit peed off. Twitter can get a bit nuts. But, you know, in Italy, it's front-page news. There's just a different type of pressure. They, I think for Ferrari, they need a total wolf type, type principle, someone who will do it right and be there for years to do it right. 
they're do, they, they, they keep it's the it's the kind of brain drain. They keep sacking folk because it didn't work for a season or two. But these guys are actually quite intelligent. And they go to somebody else and do well. You know, it's just I think it's a cultural thing rather than anything else. Maybe that green glow in the top of the car is actually kryptonite and actually makes it go faster. I don't know. <laughs> I actually like that green. I know I've said it in the previous. I, I, I didn't notice it. And that, it didn't bother me, to be honest. I was too busy looking at another green car rear-ending a French person. Uh, <laughs> but... I... So that's Ferrari. They exceeded expectations. They performed well. It was nice to see them at least fighting the mid-tier teams uh, of the McLarens and the, the Aston Martins. It was nice to see them having battles with other teams, Um there were some some great battles actually that we that we saw. Is there any any one of the battles that you enjoyed watching the most, uh, Adam? I'll speak to you first. Yeah, I think it was um, it was Vettel, Sainz, and somebody else. I can't remember exactly. Um, Alonso was Alonso. Yeah, it just yeah, it was just good to see you know close battles you know over you know couple of laps and. Um, no one crashing into each other and they're all giving each other space and just having uh-huh. you know, fun. It seemed like they were having fun out on the track in that race. You know, it wasn't all about tire saving. Really? You know, it was just all out, you know, do as best as you can. Yeah, there was there was some battles reminiscent of uh, a few years ago between Sebastian Vettel and uh, Fernando Alonso. I think it was Silverstone um, quite a few years back now. I couldn't tell you the year, <laughs> but they, they they had a to do basically early on in the race, and it was very very reminiscent about going back and forth, um, bit of overtaking, bit of undertaking. Um, it was it was really exciting, really interesting to watch. Um, was there a battle that stood out in your memory, Coops? No, the full race. I couldn't really. I mean, the one he just talked about was pretty good watching that. I mean, it's three drivers that were. They're pretty fair in terms of their driving. So there, that's the kind of... You couldn't have a three-way battle like that with Verstappen and, you know, maybe back in the day, Pastor Maldonado. <laughs> that would have been fun. <laughs> it uh, wouldn't have lasted as long. Yeah, well, <laughs> fireball last year. We'll wait till you see that. Uh, do you think that he looked at the Grosjean crash and went, oh, lads, hold my beer. <laughs> I could do better. <laughs> uh, anyway, but... No, I think I was too busy watching the full race. That came up, and I think I scribbled in my notes when I was watching it. Oh, great driving. And I think there was a couple of times I'd done that. Uh, I think Norris going around the outside of somebody at the restart. Was that Gasly that he done that too? Uh, yes. Around it there, yes. that was amazing. Yeah, the onboard uh, of Norris at the start was, was brilliant to see. It's very decisive. Yeah. It, and yeah. that's what he's missed. He's getting there because the first year he was really bad at not doing that. Norris, I know we're digressing a wee bit, but Norris at the start was a bit timid and a bit, oh, don't want to hurt my car. Now he's just kind of like, no, this is where I'm going, lads. And, you know, obviously he's not Scottish. He didn't say it like that. But, you know, uh, yeah, it, it, oh, the whole way through it was great. I wonder if it's with Ricardo coming in, sort of give him a, a, a kick up the, the bum. Yeah, maybe. He might be keeping him honest. To, you know, driving him to be, perform better because it, as, as he's coming to the season, uh, Ricardo has said, you know, I'm not here just to have fun. I'm here to be serious and and perform in the car. Um, so yeah, absolutely, could be could be the fact that he's got a, a more experienced, uh, proven track winner, uh, race winner um, next to him uh, in the garage that he's like, well, hang on, I've got to put my head down and show that I can, I can also perform um, to very good standards i want to talk about let's talk about sebastian vettel because i i I think we need to talk about him uh it's last year we were like oh is it because he's in ferrari is the ferrari just a bad car i mean it's only been one race so we can't make a full evaluation of it yet but has sebastian vettel just lost his ability coops you look like you want to speak. I'll let you speak on this one. Yes. I'm only joking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think we can give him this race as a buy. I'm giving him this one. This is your only buy of the season. Uh, <laughs> because as soon as he done it, well, we didn't see it live. We saw the replay. 
I just instantly went back to when he rear-ended Verstappen at Silverstone and went, I re- seriously, mate, you, you, you should know. There's a big blue car. And you know, the thing is, the car he hit is the fattest fucking car in the grid. How did he know it was there? I mean, like, come on. So, <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was annoying to watch him do that. Uh, but he had a whole and he was like, "Oh, he he, he moved under braking. No, he, he didn't. He was he was on the racing line. It was there was no movement was anywhere at all." No, just no. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Sebastian, but I'm giving him this race. If we have something similar in Emila, I think we need to have kind of serious discussions. I'm giving him this one. Aston Martin didn't have a great test. You get caught out by the flags. He got a he got a penalty. He was out of position. But it's not a mistake a four-time world champion should be doing. That's the other side of it. And it... Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with you there. What, what are your thoughts on him, uh, Danny? Uh, Sebastian Vettel, do you think he's lost the plot? Is he lost his drive, ambition? What, what is it? Uh, well, <clears throat> I think the, the bit that matters is the fact that immediately he said, he pulled in front of me, he changed his line. That's bullshit. You know, there's no need in that. And that's the problem. The more he does that, the more he makes excuses for the issues in which he's causing and the, the incidents in which he's having because of what he's doing and he blames somebody else. It's like he's going backwards. You know, that's what inexperienced drivers do. That's what, um, as I say, Max would mm. do last year. You know, but drivers are supposed to grow up, whereas it seems Vettel's got... You know, had his issues at Ferrari, and now he's going backwards, and then he's going, well, it's everybody else's fault. Well, actually, you need to go, you know, I, I, I messed yeah. up there, my issue. You know, and he did at the end. He went and apologised, but the point is, you know, it's fine doing that afterwards, but if during the, in, during the race you're annoyed at somebody else because of your issues, you're not going to drive to your peak performance. No. You're just not going to be able to because you're blaming everybody else, you know? So unless he can get... I think maybe the time at Ferrari has scarred him too much. Maybe it's uh, who, who knows. I don't know, but he's certainly not the um, the as Coop said. You know, four-time champion. You, you can't be driving like he is now, and you can't be blaming everybody else for your issues. Absolutely not. It's the the more you do that, you're going to get nowhere. No. It's it's a fact. Nobody gets to the top by blaming everybody else when something goes wrong. They learn from it. You know, we've seen it from Hamilton, always learning. We've seen it from Norris. You know, he's learned yeah. a lot. Uh, we saw the opposite from Albon. They're racing me too hard, <laughs> you know, and it went backwards. You know, he seemed to immediately do Sonoda, do yeah. great. Then he went backwards and he went, it's everybody else's fault. This is too <laughs> hard. Right, well, go away, go back to your go-karts and you do that. You know, <laughs> if you want to do that, that's fine. This is hard. And until you understand that this is hard and it's down to you, it's not going to work. So, Alvin was actually signed to drive for a Formula E team. So, all these people that were like, oh, Alvin should have stayed in the car for this year. But the only reason he ended up in Formula One was because the meat grinder of the young talent in Red Bull was empty. There was that mm. bloody puddle at the back in Helmut Marco's back garden. <laughs> you know, where they harvest their soul. Uh, so he was in a test for Formula E. No other team wanted him. He's not as good as people make out. But he may be back. You never know. We'll, we'll, we'll see after Perez's year at Red Bull. Um, but back to Sebastian Vettel. Um, do we think he will perform better this season, Adam? Do you think he'll he'll get rid of his break this kind of jinx that he's got um, spinning the car quite often this season at all, or do you think he'll just he'll be more of the same? From what we've seen so far, it, you'd have to say it'd be more of the same. But I think it's to do with him. I think it's a personal issue of him. I think he needs to sort himself out first before he can, you know, sort out his driving. And you know, we've seen from other drivers, mm-hmm. especially with um, I think it was it with Grosjean, um, you know, getting a you know a psychologist in, you know, just sort of help you with maybe he needs to do some sort of soul searching himself. And see is, you know, yeah. should he still be driving? You know, is this what he wants to be doing? You know, if he's not performing, well, don't use the don't don't use the same one as Grosjean then. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> that didn't work. No, don't use the same one as Grosjean. 
but I think it's <laughs> it's he's got himself into a mindset where he can't perform and maybe he needs to find a way out of that. But he's not going to do that with the way he's been driving so far. No, perhaps he should perhaps he should um, start ballroom dancing instead of uh, driving Formula One cars. You know, good with the spins. Okay, well, I think that's pretty much everything of the race. Is, is there something that we missed? Uh, let's go around first to make sure um, we have mentioned everything that of note that we needed to talk about. Uh, has anyone got anything else that they want to mention about the race, Coops? Yeah, uh, well, a thing I've just found on uh, gpfans.net.com was apparently Sergio Perez reset the car without any radio communication from the pit wall. He'd done it all on his own. He wasn't allowed, they're not allowed to give him any instruction on the formation lap. Uh, uh, so he did that through so pure skill and driver memory? Hold on, let me try a couple of things. And he got it going again. It was him. It was nothing to do with the team. For, for a driver who's that's his first formation lap in his brand new car. That it's that's quite amazing. I haven't read the full article, but the, the Red Bull chief engineer Paul Monaghan has praised the brilliant new driver Sergio Perez for his presence of mind to enable to recover his car from the pre-race shutdown. So that is that's worthy of a mention. Um, yeah, probably wouldn't have got that from uh, any other younger driver um, or new driver to the team. Um, obviously, just showing his skills and his, you know, his his understanding of how he, he obviously wasn't. Work. He wasn't phased by it. You know, the car mm. shut down. He got it to the side of the road and it, right, give me a chance to see what I can do with this. And I mean, presence of mind as well to make sure that the race marshals didn't push him because once he gets pushed away, he can't go anywhere because he's not allowed to push. Uh, so. Yeah, that's that's uh, impressive. Stroll got in the top ten, but then. I think the biggest takeaway from the weekend is we don't actually know where Aston Martin are in the group and the, the you know, the kind of standing. In the pecking order. In the pecking order because, I mean, Vettel was out of position and didn't really go anywhere. Uh, Stroll is kind of just Stroll. You can't really measure a team performance on him yet. Uh, and again, the same for Alpha Tauri with Gasly taking himself out of the race at the start. We don't really know where they are. Everybody else is kind of where they're supposed to be. I'm kind of worried for my prediction that Williams will get te- will get above uh, Alpha because the Alpha car actually looked really relatively all right. Yeah, Kimmy had quite a good race, didn't he? Did. I, I can't remember where he placed. I, I didn't take a note of that one, but it was was it 13th or something? Around about that kind of 11th, yeah. 11th. 11th, yeah, 11th. and was 12th. Again, they just... Got on with it. Very boring race for them because you didn't really see much of them. They just done what they needed to do. Was there anything that you think we missed, uh, Danny? That you want to speak about? Any per any driver on the on the grid that you want to mention? No. Well, just I was going to point out the uh, the Alphas uh, both did well. Uh, pretty impressive, really, uh, for that yeah. race. Um, considering they've obviously got that new Ferrari engine working. Yeah, yeah, and um, they seemed pretty comfortable with it and did pretty well. Yeah, um, Raikkonen was. A couple of good battles as well. Good to see him back um, yeah. driving competitively rather than just sat at the back trying to keep up. Yeah, yeah it must be soul-destroying for someone with, with you know his history uh, in the sport. He's been there for 20 years now, and our youngest driver is 20 years old. So he has literally driven in Formula One the whole time that Yuki Tsunoda has been alive on this planet. That's baffling, surprising. It's a great stat, though. Checkered flag. So I think that's pretty much everything we need to talk about, about the uh, Bahrain Grand Prix. It was a great show. One for the ages, or at least one for this year. Uh, certainly puts us in a good position for having a great season. Uh, we're hoping for lots more close battles between Max and Lewis Hamilton. Um, we're hoping for some great mid mid table battles as well, uh, and and nothing's decided yet. It could even be another team at the front in the next race. It does seem like it could be that kind of season. Who was everyone's driver of the day? I think it's hard to uh, hard to ignore Lewis Hamilton personally. Um, I think he did some great defending on Max. Um, he pushed him off the track in terms of his driving style, plant, planting his car where he wanted it to be 
and um, where on the drive on the actual proper driving line of the track the better line it made max make the mistake um he defended well uh, he also attacked well when he needed to attack and yeah he, he showed his he showed his pure skill you know as as you mentioned earlier in the uh, podcast um he, pr- he kind of proved that it's not just the car um by showing how how good he is behind the wheel how about you coops who was yours uh, i think you're right it has to be hamilton really for everything you've just said adam driver well, of the day normally i would probably would have said lando but um i think i have to go to yuki Sonoda, i think for his first race compared okay. to the other new drivers and established drivers who didn't do very well i think he really shone especially in that race Brilliant, yeah, yeah, and, and I, I suspect there will be a few opportunities for to for him to become driver of the day officially uh, yeah. throughout the season. It's, a, it's one of those watch this space kind of things. How about you, Danny? Uh, Perez, uh, Yuki. It would have been Yuki, um, but Perez, absolutely brilliant mm-hmm. to to have such a an off at the start, such an issue um, in a car that you don't really know. Fixing mm-hmm. yourself without talking to somebody telling you how to fix it and then yeah. to get from the back and to get to fifth is unbelievable yeah it's, yeah uh, yeah he's, he's certainly instantly shown that he deserves that seat i think yeah absolutely i completely agree with you there it's, it's very difficult to choose um just just one driver of the day because there were so many standout performances let's now talk about our fantasy teams coops you're in control of the fantasy league that we've got can you tell us something about the fantasy league? Who's at who's at the top? Who's performing well, and who is performing not so well? I know who didn't perform well, and that's me. But it's not that bad because I shared the same points as Danny. So <laughs> <laughs> probably for the only time of the year. Anyway, uh, so Leanne, team one, Leanne H. Uh, she scored two hundred and fifty-four points, so she takes the wow. league. Uh, she must have used a mega driver. She did. It was Lewis Hamilton. Ah, okay. Uh, Makes sense. Second was ATF2, which is, I'm really sorry if I'm going to ruin the pronunciation of this person's name. It's Atif. Uh, he got 242. And then look on the, on the third step of the podium was Luke Team 1, who was 239. Uh, and so who's at the bottom of the deck then? Let's let's shame them while they're there. We'll, we'll shame them. We have I <laughs> who got a whopping zero. Oh, uh, I don't. Has he got nobody in his team? I don't know. Uh, he must not have <laughs> uh, not played. So he's registered, but he's then not put a team together. I don't know how. He uh, okay. that. So the actual worst player. There's three of his shocking. Paul H. Fannin's Flyers from James F and Matthew Team 1 from Matthew W only scored 90 points each, which is awesome. I mean, one of Fannin's Flyers, I mean, they're just flying into a brick wall with 90 points. Uh, (laughs) That's unfortunate. Uh, Somebody's somebody's got a team called Mazepin's Taxi Service, which doesn't deserve to get anything. And who's in position 20? Position 20? I'm assuming that's you, considering you <laughs> uh, What's yeah, the team last called? Last year's winners. Not that he's got an ego or anything. Teller EF1. And last year's winners, Teller EF1, is actually the name of his team. Yes, that is my name of the team. That's why I just thought I'd... Because uh, every time that my name props up, instead of me mentioning it, it's going to be you that mentions the fact that I won. There's a word up in Scotland begins with a C and ends with a T that we would use for people like you. (laughs) So yes, you scored 180 points. Well done, you. (laughs) Uh, So yes, we'll get uh, we'll get 99, maybe 100 if the guy that came last puts his team together on the league. We've got a prize this year that Tiller can't win. He was an executive decision to not win a prize, uh, other than just. Deepen is with the fact that he's beat us again. Uh, <laughs> so, three weeks to go. I think you're allowed to make up to six subs. Potentially, Vettel might not be in my team by the time we start, Emily. Uh, 
So that's our F1 Fantasy uh, League. If you haven't joined, you can join. Uh, we'll, leave, we'll leave it to the halfway mark of the season and then we'll close uh, the league for the rest. Um, so if you've got a team, by all means join. The league code will be within the Everything F1 paddock um, and it will be on one of the posts that we publish shortly at some point over the next day uh, on the main page. Just before you go, we've got a, we've got a small league just for the admin team. And I just need to point out that Joe's winning that and beaten last year's winner. Uh, <laughs> he used the Mega Driver though. And then I've still got I've still got that in the bag. <laughs> Dan and me, we are sitting uh, in joint third out of the four of us. Sponge does have a team in the main league, but he hasn't put it into our league yet, into the admin team yet. And uh, I don't know if Adam's got his team sorted yet either. Uh, but yeah, Joe's top of just us, our wee league. She's got 209 points with Tiller 184. Dan and me are on 163. Yeah, because I put a different team in there. I just, I, I was, you know, playing playing a bit of, I put one team in there, one team in there, see if I can be, uh, see if I can Again, be the uh, got winner of both. It starts with C and ends with T <laughs> for that. I'm using the same team for both links. Ah, I and see. That's why I'm going putting to... Putting all your eggs in one basket. No, my eggs were broken before they went in the basket, Teller, when it comes to... <laughs> <laughs> You've always had a poor start. You've always had a poor start, but you do make up the positions later on in the season. I do pick up... I do have the odd seed, the odd... I'm not consistent enough. I have the odd one that's decent, and then just not decent enough, I think. But we shall see. Okay. So that's the F1 Fantasy. If you're not part of that team or that league, the, the league code will be on the page and in the paddock. Feel free to join. We'll be open for the first half of the season and then we'll lock it um, to no new entrants. We also put on the page the day of the qualifying a competition. And the winner, we did a random number generator at the start of the, before we started the podcast, uh, the random number generator was number five, and the person in that position was a person called Josh Young. So if your name is Josh Young, specifically the Josh Young that won the competition on, and shared the post uh, on Facebook, you are the proud winner of the Bahrain track map. So please message the page, send us over your address, and we will get that sent off to you ASAP. So that's everything from us here at Everything F1. Don't forget to join us on all social medias. So we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, at JoinEF1. We've also got our website, www.everythingf1.com, where you'll find all the latest news and articles. And also, please subscribe to this podcast if you want to hear more of our dulcet tones. We will be performing for you weekly on our podcast. Uh, it'll be a mixture of the team. Uh, this week, it just so happened to be myself, Danny, Coops, and Adam. So a great big thank you from myself and thank you from the team. Say bye-bye, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.